We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. DFS OG's back in the house talking week eight of the NFL season. Can't believe we're almost halfway done, guys. So the season's flying by. We're here talking about Jimmy Butler pre-show, World Series going on. So a lot going on. But here to focus on week eight, give you some of our favorite plays, break down each and every game. Got six teams on by this week. So we'll have a little more fun time here. A little time to talk about some other things. We don't have 16 games on the docket. I am beer. Let me bring in my boys, Chop, Noto. Noto, I know you're tilting tonight. Jimmy Butler, the late scratch. So we won't spend too much time on that. Bagging on DraftKings for that. But how are we doing, brother? How was week seven? Yeah, I'm not only tilting tonight. I'm tilting week seven as well. Jimmy Butler and Derek Decker combined for as many fantasy points as the three of us did. So, uh, yeah, it was not a good stretch of uh, DFS, but uh, you know it, it comes in hot and cold streaks. So you just got to take the the losses with the wins, I guess. Yeah, we move on. Old uh, old BDD Decker took it to my lineups as well. Not only his wife, but my lineups got it too. So chop. How was week seven? Hopefully better for you than, than us two so far. Oh no, that was unmitigated disaster right there, man. I've never I've never missed so many so many players in one weekend of the NFL ever. That was just I mean, we'll get it pour one out. You guys can do your pour one out when we come to it, because my list is so long that <laughs> I'll just scratch them off as y'all go along and I'll and I'll use my third option here because there was a lot of guys I just totally, completely missed on just airball. How about we just pour one out for week seven as a whole and move on to week eight? But we'll, we'll get to some pour one out. We'll have some, our third and wrongs, guys, that, you know, we've been wrong about whether it was last week or early in the season. And, of course, and with our Faith Hill plays and our bold calls at the end. So let's dive in. Thursday night. Actually, let's get to our, our pour one out, Chop. Since since you have about 50 of them, it sounds like, who was the worst? Who, who, who tore your lineups the worst in week seven? Whew, that's tough to say, man, but... I don't want to. I don't want to step on y'all's toes, but uh, there's plenty of options, shop. I, I, I don't know. think you're going to step on anyone's I mean, toes. There, here. there was a lot of uh, missteps, so I'll, I'll go with the. Well, I'll go with the guy that probably killed the most like good lineups that I had. Uh, that would be Mariota. I just when I read the the news on uh, McCourty being out on Sunday morning, and I just thought this is just too. Easy. He's just going to easily sit back there and pick this defense apart for 300 and a few touchdowns. So I loaded up on all the Mariota and, and glossed over all the solid quarterbacks, you know, below him that could have could have really helped helped me cash some some serious lineups and watched him wreck them all. So it, I'd go. I'm gonna pour one out for Mariota this week, poor guy. Yeah, that, that whole offense just looked terrible. And I bought in. Tennessee receivers are cheap. Wasn't really on them Sunday morning. Made a few swaps here. I do land up on Decker and. The rest is history, so that one's too easy. Derek, what do you got for your pouring out for Week 7? Yeah, I was on the Titans, too. I had Decker on DraftKings and Matthews on FanDuel, so I got burned by that. But my pouring out going to be Demarius Thomas, two catches for nine yards. Uh, and the worst part is he had an 81-yarder that was called back on a pass interference penalty. Oh, man. I mean, I was so happy on that during that play. I was like, oh, maybe this will finally be what I'm looking for to get my lineups going. And, uh, yeah. You all know how that ended. Yeah, so many options here. I'm with you, Chop. I got a laundry list of guys, and we'll hit them throughout the show. But I'm going to pour it off for my boy Brett Hundley. I'm a little too excited about him. I don't know if it was the Green Bay Packer in me or what, but 87 yards passing. I mean, when your running back has more yards than you have passing and he has on the ground, 
I mean, what the hell's going on if he doesn't luck box into that touchdown, which we know he can run. Maybe that's all he can do, but maybe we're not giving the New Orleans defense enough credit. They look good. Hunley did not look ready for this stage yet. I think the guy's got potential, but that was one I was wrong about, no doubt, in week seven and cost me some money. I'll roll on him in GPP. So let's move on. Week eight, enough negativity here. We're going to turn it around. We're going to get better. Let's start, though. Pretty ugly game, guys. So Thursday night, this may be one of those weeks where you play the slate you avoid this game because Miami, Baltimore, chop, not a lot here in my book. What do you got in this one? Yo, I just <laughs> – I don't have anything. I mean, except for maybe the Baltimore defensive. I do the Monday-Thursday show with uh, Tony, and we try to analyze that Monday-Thursday game. And, yeah, we, we, we both said the same thing, which was load up on your Philadelphia-Washington players and fade this game except for uh, – the defense, and if you have to, if you have to play some, if you have to play somebody, Javorius Allen. If you don't have to play anybody, don't play anybody. This game is terrible right here, so I don't like anybody. Yeah, I'm with you, Derek. Any interest in and say Kenny Stills? You know, last five games with Matt Moore has touchdowns in all those games. He's cheap, but not a great matchup here with Baltimore. So, any interest there? Or is this a complete fade for you as well? Yeah, complete fade for me. It's finally a game that you can feel good about joining the Thursday contest and then just uh, letting everyone take their shots here and there. Let them pay for the rake in this one. I'm fine with the Ravens defense if you want to go that route. Looks like Jay Keller's going to miss. Uh, Devonta Parker, outside shot of playing. So if he's out, that's just another another hit to their offense. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry's on pace for 181 targets, which is pretty ridiculous. But uh, I don't want to play him against this Ravens defense. Yeah, so play the slate, play the tournaments, play the cash games, and hopefully you see, you know, you'll be surprised how many stacks you might see of this game. Even in your cash games, you might see your two or three guys from this game. So definitely one to load up on the slate, avoid the game. Let's move on. Another London game this week. What the hell is it with all these London games? Is it just me or is there like triple what there normally is? So Vikings, Browns, another one. I don't know how exciting this is. The people in London get get one of our worst teams in Cleveland. Minnesota should handle this one easily, Derek, but any plays if you're playing this slate. Again, it's not going to be on the main slate, but if you're playing this Thursday to Monday slate, any options on Minnesota that are standing out? So Cleveland has a pass funnel defense. They are ranked third in DVOA against a run and dead last in DVOA against a pass, which is why we liked uh, Decker and Mariota and those guys last week. Uh, so I don't like Latavius Murray. I think Jared McKinnon is sneaky. Uh, you know, he's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Other than that, I'm fine with uh, Thielen. I'm fine with Diggs if he ends up making it back and uh, Rudolph as well. But, I mean, none of these guys are going to be, you know, core plays uh, for me. On the Brown side, just not anything to like here. I mean, Kaisers look terrible. Uh, Hogan's look terrible. Kessler came in. He looked okay, but then ended up throwing a couple interceptions. So there's really nobody on the Browns that uh, I want to look at right now. Yeah, my, my boy Crowell Chop thought he might get it going there. Actually hit double digits on DraftKings. So at least we're we're progressing somewhere. But against this Minnesota defense, I think a complete stay away here for Cleveland. What interests you on the Minnesota side of things if you're playing this late? Yeah, nothing for Cleveland. And, uh, man, it's too bad this isn't on the main slate because I'd, I'd lock in Adam Thielen and I would have I would have played all that Adam Thielen this week. And I think he has a big game and I'll – probably avoid the rest of these guys but i think Thielen has a huge game all right let's hit that main slate like you said derek nine games on this main slate so limited player pool this week with all the buys and the london game thursday sunday night monday night we don't get on the main slate so let's focus on these nine games for the people playing on DraftKings, Fanduel, you do get that sunday nighter but let's start with oakland and buffalo we got the raiders coming off a big emotional wind chop traveling east one o'clock start Buffalo at home, we know it's a tough place to play. Feels like a trap spot for me, for Oakland. And a lot of people are going to be on Carr, be on Cooper. Look at these running backs for value with Marshawn Lynch out. I don't know that I'm going to go there. I think this could be a letdown spot coming off that emotional win. So agree, disagree, and then break down the rest of this game. Yeah, this is a tricky game right here. I'm, I'm not I'm not super enthused about this. Buffalo's been a really good defense this year. They keep on, keep on performing pretty well. I know they were a little bit... Had a little bit of a rough outing against Tampa here. Tampa made a good comeback this past weekend, but uh, for the most part, they've been really good this year. 
So I'm not sure how much Oakland I won. I'm not too enthused about those running backs who practically split everything right down the middle anyway. So it's tough to figure out which one you want to go go with there. And then uh, on the other side, man, I just McCoy is good, the best player on the offense, but he's up now to 8.7. He was 7.4K last week. Huge price jump. Not enthused about that. I'd like to take a pass catcher against Oakland, but they've got none on this team that interests me at all. So this may be one of those games you just kind of gloss over and fade and uh, don't and don't look back. Yeah, McCoy's price, he, he's right there. He's only 500 below Elliott now, only 600 behind Le'Veon Bell and DraftKings. So definitely got that price hike. So Derek, same question to you. Is this a trap spot for Oakland? Are you more confident in their offense here going to Buffalo? Uh, and then McCoy and the Bills, what are we doing there? Yeah, this one's pretty ugly. Not a ton of interest in the Raiders. Uh, after Marshawn Lynch was kicked out last week, uh, they pretty much split the snaps between DeAndre Washington and J- Jalen Richard. Looks like uh, you know Washington's kind of going to be the goal line guy. Uh, he got two carries inside the five-yard line. So if I'm giving an edge to one, I'll probably uh, end up using Washington. This isn't a great uh, matchup against the Bills' run defense. Amari Cooper, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards him after he just went bonkers on that Thursday night game. For me, I just want to see uh, more than one before I go back to him. Uh, pretty pretty good Bills pass defense anyway. On the other side of the ball, I do have some interest in McCoy. I mean, he just gets so much work out of the passing game. Averaging almost seven targets a game. We know Tyrod doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. And he's finally getting those uh, runs inside the 10. He scored two touchdowns last week. So, I mean, he's going to be a workhorse. Uh, and I don't mind him even at a slightly inflated price point of 8700 uh is Deontay Thompson the best receiver on the bills all of a sudden well, I mean that's not hard but yeah he certainly or he likes playing against Tampa Bay I mean that's that's he just gets a ton <laughs> against Tampa Bay no matter what team he's on he puts up numbers so that's a sad state of affairs in, in that receiving core and as far as Oakland goes I know Cooper got 19 targets last week but Maybe a good week to go back to Michael Crabtree. You know, everybody's going to look at Cooper. They're going to they're going to load lock him, load him in those lineups. So, you know, Crabtree is still there. So, an interesting game. Not a ton here, Derek. I think I'm more on your side uh, as far as Lashawn McCoy goes. I think he's still a solid option, uh, even with that price hike. So, anything else here before we move on to Indy and Bengals? You guys have any Tyrod interest? I don't. Not really. Yeah, I got a little 5,900, but I just wish he had somebody to throw the ball to. That's it. When you're throwing at Deontay Thompson and Nick O'Leary, it's hard to get excited about a guy. So, all right, next game, another game. It should be ugly here. Colts traveling to Cincinnati. Colts team total, by my math, is about 16. So, Cincinnati defense got to be in play here, Derek, and a certain fellow we bring up every week told me I can't play A.J. Green at home, but this is the Colts. I'm playing some damn A.J. Green at home. So, Colts, Bengals, what do we got? Yeah, it's another ugly one uh, as far as the road team goes. Not a ton of interest in the Colts. Although it's worth pointing out, Marlon Mack outsnapped Frank Gore uh, for the first time this season, 32-22 to last week. Could see a changing in the guard there. He's only 4,000. Uh, he's kind of been the go-to guy in the past game, too. So in a game where they're trailing by 10, I think he could certainly do worse. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, typically better uh, indoors. I like the price tag of 5600 and he's coming off a couple of bad games, but I don't think I can go there. Uh, on the other side of the ball, love A.J. Green. Not worried about the home splits here. I mean, they're pretty much no better matchups for a receiver than the Colts. Uh, Vontae Davis, even if he's active, I mean, he hasn't been nearly – as good as he used to be, uh, they should just shred this defense. And then I don't know what Marvin Lewis is doing. He keeps starting Jeremy Hill in each half because Joe Mixon's a rookie and he hates rookies or something. I don't I don't know what he's doing, but I do like Mixon uh, at forty seven hundred. I think that's definitely playable. Chop, it's got to be time to move on from Marvin Lewis. So hit on that if you want to. But I, I like some Andy Dalton too. You know, there's, there's a stat out there: familiar opponents he doesn't do very well against. Team's not so familiar, which the Colts would fall in that category, tends to do a lot better. And so 5,700, Dalton Green stack. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I don't mind it at all. So uh, that's where I would go. And mixing, I might sprinkle in some mixing, although, uh, you know, obviously I'd like to see him get a little bit. I'd like to see him dominate the snaps, of course, man. And, yeah, Marvin Lewis, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's time to 
time to move on from that old geezer. I mean, you, but you could say that for, for several teams in the NFL. Just move on, man. Some of these guys just aren't, just aren't really coach-worthy anymore, man. They're too old and they're outdated. Look at some of the young coaches in the league are, are crushing it, man. So I don't know, man. As long as he's going to run Jeremy Hill out there and Gio Bernard and not give his best player in the backfield the chance, then that, there's a huge red flag on him. And on the other side, you know, the Cincinnati defense is – is a lot better now that they're a little bit healthier and they got perfect back. So I don't know how much I could trust any of these guys on Indianapolis. Uh, I just, T.Y., I can't trust him on the road like this. He's better indoors. This isn't indoors. So I probably may, may gravitate a lot more to Cincy's defense than I would any player from Indianapolis. Yeah, they might get shut out again. I mean, they, they looked horrible. Gave up 10 sacks, I think it was, to that Jacksonville defense. So... Another tough spot here going on the road. That was at home. Now they're going to Cincinnati. So Cincinnati, my favorite defense of the week early on here, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. So next game, we got the Los Angeles Clippers, Chargers going to New England to face the Patriots. I'm going to get my third and wrong out of the way. And I may have said this last week. I don't even remember. But if so, I'm going to say it again. I was dead wrong on Mike Gillisley, guys. I was a huge fan Loaded up on him in my drafts uh, everywhere early in the season. Things were looking great. Now not so much. You know, he's the fourth running back on that team. So, chop, break down that running back situation. Deion Lewis looks great, but with four guys getting carries, can we go there? Is it all the New England passing game? The Chargers have any hope in this game, and how do they do it? Man, I don't know what happened to Gillisley. Like all that, he's not good. All Dude, that that's... preseason hype, and but but he came in the very first game and busted off all those touchdowns. It looked great, but then after that, they just complete. He just completely fell off the face of the earth for him. They didn't. They're not even giving him a chance. But now, now you drop a fumble and you're really in trouble with Belichick. So he's yeah. I wouldn't doubt that somewhere down the down the season, as as it goes on, New England's defense is settling in a little bit. They've actually allowed. A, you know, they've been pretty good the past couple of weeks and points allowed. So if they can get it under control, maybe he gets back to being a decent touchdown vulture. But until then, this backfield is not – I don't want any part of these four or five guys that they try to run out every week. So don't want any part of that. But obviously Brady's going to drop back and find the best matchup he can with his receivers. He's got about four or five of them to choose from. So it's going to be tough on which way you want to go there. So I don't know. Brady's a good play. Pair him with somebody – Take a guess at which one is not going to be drawing Casey Hayward, and, and you should be all right. And on the other side, I actually think that L.A. can can get some things done here on, on offense. Uh, I think they got Melvin Gordon, who's going to make up a lot of value here in the passing game, so I don't mind him. Rivers is just always steady. I don't mind Rivers to drop two or three touchdowns in this game, and he does it in a really workmanlike fashion. And Keenan Allen – probably do for a nice little double digit uh, reception week Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry has been looking a lot better lately so I think this has a potential to be a nice offensive game all right Derek chops stacking up the Chargers liking a lot of Chargers there and Melvin Gordon an interesting one another guy I had a lot of faith in last week and just didn't get it done didn't look good a false start he had you know just just an Eckler comes in steals the touchdown so know the volume is there I like the point chop that he's going to be involved in a passing game but 8,100, Derek. Can we go back to Melvin Gordon? I think you can go back to him in tournaments. After a lot of people were burned last week, I do think his ownership will be relatively low. Uh, for me, I'll gladly pay 600 more for McCoy, but you know Gordon's a beast when uh, when he's getting those targets. I'm interested in the passing game. Uh, I like Phillip Rivers uh, pairing him up with Keenan Allen. I think that's going to be one of my favorite uh, wide receiver quarterback stacks of the week. Uh, Hunter Henry. He's outsnapped Antonio Gates 160 to 96 in the last three games. So they've moved on, and, uh, you know, he's starting to play some really good football. 4,800, probably going to be the cheapest we see him moving forward. So I think you can buy on him as well. Uh, for the Patriots, yeah, that backfield is really messy. Uh, Deion Lewis, he's second in the league uh, in terms of yards after contact for running backs. So, I mean, he's really playing He's really playing well right now, but he's just not getting enough snaps for me to, to pull the trigger here. As far as his wideouts, I mean, Tom Brady loves to distribute the ball. Uh, between Gronk, Hogan, Cooks, and White, they all have between 45 and 47 targets this season. So it's hard to really pair him up with anybody. Um, if we do hear that Casey Hayward is going to shadow Cooks or Hogan, uh, I'm fine using the other one. 
fine using Gronk, but again, I just don't feel comfortable, you know, stacking Brady with any of them. So, yeah, I like the offense as a whole, but there are too many guys that's getting the ball. Yeah, I mean, you, you run Brady out there by himself. I'm not going to get everybody excited, say Brady naked, but that's what the, the kids like to say. But I, I think that may be the play here. Run it back with some chargers uh, on the other side. So let's move on. Next game, we got the Bears. One of the best defenses in the league, really, at this point, going to New Orleans. A big test uh, for the Bears defense. Saints obviously coming off that big win in Lambeau Field, Derek. So is it another all-out Saints assault? You know, We've seen the offense get narrowed down to Ingram, Kamara, Thomas, Ginn, and obviously Drew Brees. Bears side of things, we know what they want to do. They want to run the ball 700 times with uh, their running back, Jordan Howard, but are they going to be playing from behind here? Any interest in the Bears' offense here? Trubisky threw seven times last game, still managed to cross 100 yards, Brett Hundley, with seven attempts. So Bears, Saints, what do you got, Derek? Yeah, they're not going to be able to run that game plan out this week. Uh, I think he's only had two completions to his receivers over the last two games. Uh, I mean, they gotta they got to let him air it out a little bit in this one. They're nine-point underdogs. Uh, so if you're looking for, you know, sneaky something, I mean, I don't mind uh, targeting the passing game here. But for me, it's all about the Saints. Uh, you know, the Bears defense, they've been good, but they're a lot better at home than they are on the road. Mark Ingram has 56 touches and three touchdowns in his last two games. Uh, and there's there's room for both of these guys. I mean, Kamara still has 67 snaps in the last couple of games. He's looked awesome when he's gotten in there. Uh, he's a big part of the passing game, averaging six and a half targets a game. Breeze 7K at home, feels really cheap. Uh, I like pairing him up with Michael Thomas. Uh, the Bears don't allow a lot of deep plays, but I think, uh, you know, Thomas is just, he's going to get 10 to 12 targets and, uh, you know, he's going to break out one of these weeks. So I, I really like him in this spot. All right, Chop, Bears, Saints, a lot to get to here. What do you got? Yeah, so the Bears, probably a fade for me. Uh, Jordan Howard looks great, but, you know, if you get behind in this game, then we might not see a whole lot of straight-up carries from Jordan Howard. So I probably I don't even want to touch the Bears. On the other side, uh, New Orleans at home is always going to be good. Uh, but, man, Chicago's been really good in the secondary, uh, just really limited opposing passers, and they faced some really good ones this year. So uh, that's not – I just don't know if I'm 100% on board with uh, – a whole lot of Drew Brees. I do like Michael Thomas a little bit, and I guess you could play some Mark Ingram. But uh, I think the Bears are a little bit underrated in the secondary, so I don't know how much uh, – I guess I would lean towards Michael Thomas as my favorite play in this game. But I don't – at 7K, I don't know if I'll have a whole lot of Drew Brees. I probably want to go back down to some cheaper quarterbacks this week. And the price going up. You know, Ingram's up to 74, Kamara up to 59, Thomas 76. you got to pay for these guys, so – Love that price tag on Ted Ginn. You know, 4700 I know, Derek, you mentioned it. They don't give up a lot of big plays, but he's seen a lot of intermediate targets in this offense, too, and actually catching the football, which is surprising. So I think Ted Ginn, a uh, decent value uh, on this Week 8 slate. Next game for us, guys, Falcons, Jets. Falcons looked horrible, Chop, in New England. Julio Salvage's day at the end, but that offense just can't get out of its own way. So... Now they go to a Jets team that's playing with confidence, playing well. They're at home. How does this game play out? Yeah, I mean, so I think we only really have to go back to like earlier this uh, week one or week two when we were doing this podcast and we were making fun of Steve Sarkeesian for not not even being able to get it done in the in college. Well, he can't get it done in the pros, that's for sure, man. He's just he's pretty terrible at what he does. So. I don't know what you do here. The running game doesn't look good. I don't think I want any part of that. Julio's the only offensive piece on this Atlanta team that I would even vaguely think about taking this week. So Julio it is, and he still has a reasonable price tag. So I may lock into him now. He had a great garbage time fourth quarter against New England, or else we'd be cussing him too. He'd be on that poor one out list, man, because he was looking (laughs) terrible for a while. And he got some good garbage time. So maybe he gets it again this week, but – uh, on the other side, the Jets, man, I I definitely – I'm not going to use my third and wrong just yet, but 
I was definitely wrong on this offense. They just keep finding ways to get it done and score points. McCown actually looks very competent out there, and he's he's making Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse look pretty decent. And Austin Safarian Jenkins looks like a freaking <laughs> okay. I'm I'm not going to use my third. I might have to use my third and wrong on that guy, man. I've cussed him. You keep hopping around, it, man. Just just get it out of the way. I had another one, but eh, I'm going to have to drop my third. Yeah, and, you, I, you can use more. We got time. Have to if you drop got more my third and wrong on ASJ, man. He was very. He was so overhyped in college, and he always disappointed, and then he disappointed his entire NFL career and never could get it together. Man, McCown's making him look like a pro bowler this year. He looks great. So still under 5K for a tight end who's catching touchdowns every week, gets plenty of looks down there every week. Yeah, I was wrong on him, and I think you could run him out there as long as his price tag stays reasonable. So, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even touch the running backs in this game because they're all—it's such a committee over there, Forte and Powell. But uh, I don't mind Safari and Jenkins in the passing game here. Yeah, you, you wish you could use a running back here. You know, Atlanta really struggles with pass catching running backs, and Powell, Forte, McGuire can all catch the ball, but when they're all healthy, you really can't roll out a guy in a three-way committee and. That was a hell of a catch, though, by Julio. That that was a man catch in the end zone, the way he tore that ball away. So good to see a little fire there. We'll see if it carries over. All right, Derek, same question to you. Can Atlanta rebound? Can they go in, or, or the Jets surprise them here at home? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Falcons could easily be 1-5. and five. Uh, They lost to the Bears when Jordan Howard dropped that touchdown at the end of the game. They beat the Lions. Uh, or sorry, they beat the Bears. Uh, they beat the Lions on that Golden Tate touchdown where he uh, was down at the half inch line. So I mean, they could easily be one and five this season. Their defense is just terrible, but uh, I do think their offense is in a pretty decent spot here. I know we like them at home a little bit more. Eighty four hundred for Julio seems like a, a really good buy. Uh, they finally gave him some targets last week. Granted, it was in garbage time, but maybe they'll figure out that when they throw it to him, good things can happen. Uh, I, I was. Yeah, that touchdown was just awesome. Um, so I love Julio here. I'm not interested in any of the running backs, really. On the Jets side, yeah, this is a really good spot for them. Uh, we usually see them with implied totals of, you know, 14, 15, 16. It's up to 21 this week. We know the Falcons, they struggle against the run. They struggle against the pass. They have the fifth worst adjusted sack rate. So McCown should have all day to throw the ball. I like the ASJ call. Uh, I don't mind curse a little bit. And yeah, don't target the running backs, but uh, you know they're going to get a lot of pass catching work, so uh, that's going to help McCown's floor a little bit as well. Josh McCown just keeps getting it done. Twenty-five fantasy points each of the last two games, so only fifty-six hundred here. Like you said, Derek, that Atlanta defense hasn't been great. I was surprised. Uh, Falcons four and a half point favorites here, and I think Jets either keep this game close or they may win this game outright. So McCown certainly a prime target if you're looking to save. At quarterback. All right, let's go on. Let's talk about maybe the MVP of the league there, Carson Wentz. Looking outstanding out there against Washington. Now he's got San Francisco coming in who just gave it up to Chops boys. Dak, Zeke, they all had big games in that one. So how much Wentz is too much Wentz here? Are you worried about the blowout or are you just rolling him out there and have full confidence in him? Oh, I think you got to roll them out there. 7,200 is a lot, but uh, very playable on FanDuel at 7,900. I think uh, he'll probably end up being my cash game quarterback. Gi- or the Niners, the Giants, uh, the Niners are a lot worse against uh, the pass than they are against the run. And I don't really trust any of the running backs from the Eagles anyway. Uh, still a time split there. So I like Wentz. Uh, the Niners are actually ranked first in DVOA against tight ends, and they've allowed the fewest targets to tight ends this season. Uh, Ertz has been a monster, but 7K for him seems a little bit pricey. I think this is a great spot for Alshon Jeffrey to get going. Uh, you know, kind of grease the squeaky wheel. Didn't get much uh, targets last week against the Redskins. So I love the Wentz to, to Jeffrey uh, combo this week. And then on the other side, yeah, we all expected Beathard to go to his boy, George Kittle, last week. But he only ran 17 pass routes, only saw two targets. Uh, was one of the many guys that uh, disappointed last week. So I, I don't really know what to expect there. Um, you know, he's just uh, spreading the ball around. Garcon, Goodwin, all these guys are getting, you know, quite a few targets. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really love anyone on the Niners, but uh, I do love Wentz and Jeffrey. Yeah, I'm all out on the Niners. I'm going to add Nelson Aguilar in San Francisco, the worst team in the league against the slot position. And Aguilar, five touchdowns in, in the seven games. So has looked good, continues to get it done. If they lock up Ertz, 
It's going to be Jeffrey. It's going to be Aguilar. So, Chop, same question. Carson Wentz, got to be right up there as one of the top quarterbacks of the week. Yeah, he's got to be. So, the only thing I would fear is a major blowout here. And it's this is almost almost a two-touchdown spread. And <laughs> so, that's really, you know, it's a little risky business in the NFL for your quarterback. But he'll probably be able to get it all done in the first half anyway and make you feel pretty good about that price tag anyhow. So, I think you got to roll him out there and feel like he's one of the best on the week. Uh, even with that big spread at home, it's tough for me to trust any one of these four running backs they have now. And they really seem like they're really fine with using any of them at any time, to be honest with you. So uh, that's a little bit shaky. And Ertz, the best tight end in the game right now. Heavy price tag, but I guess if you want it to be contrarian in tournaments, because I don't think he'll be popular at this price tag, you go that route. And I'm going to go back to Alshon again this week. And uh, on the other side, San Francisco. I don't know, man. I don't I don't really feel like I like any of them. I, you, this is a really tough defense at home. They just kind of did a pretty good job on Kirk Cousins outside of, of a couple garbage time drives. So if uh, they can do that to them, I think he can shut down C.J. Beathard, who didn't look very impressive at home against Dallas. Garcon's not the kind of receiver that's going to torch this secondary. It's going to take a speedster, kind of like Marquise Goodwin. So if I was going to trust anybody anybody on this whole offense, it would be Goodwin this week. Yeah, Eagles D, top top price defense on both sides when you're looking at the main slate. So Wentz is interesting. Derek, you mentioned the FanDuel price. You know, he's, he's kind of down there, 7,900. I think that's going to make him super popular. But DraftKings... It's tight. Brady seventy six, Dak seventy three, Wentz seventy two, Breeze seven thousand. As crazy as it sounds, I think Carson Wentz could be contrarian on DraftKings. You know, if people are going to pay seventy two for Wentz, why not go up and pay four hundred more for Tom Brady? So, what do you guys think of that? It, it, or will will he still have traction? Will he still have ownership coming off of that big game, Derek? I think it'll depend on the value. I mean, there's not a lot of great value so far, so I think a lot of people will look to pay down a quarterback like they do on most weeks. And if that's the case, I think we could see, uh, you know, 15%, maybe less uh, on wins. Chop, what do you think? Yeah, I think him and Brady are both. Well, first of all, in, in the NFL over there on DraftKings, quarterback ownership is spread out so much unless there's like an obvious guy like like when uh, Deshaun Watson was super underpriced and had those big games in a row, people stopped, flocked on him one week. Otherwise, it's pretty spread out anyway, so – a guy like Wentz and Brady being high price are going to be contrarian anyway, so I think it's both great great options in tournaments. All right, it just Wentz is let's four six seventh on Fanduel, so I think he stands out like a sore thumb over there. But DraftKings tighter pricing, prices are closer together. I think he's more of an interesting play over there uh, as far as tournaments go. All right, let's move on to our next game. We got Carolina and Tampa Bay, two teams that need a win. You know, Cam Newton came out, started the season horrible, chop. Picked it up there for a few games, right back in the shitter against the Bears, and now goes to Tampa Bay, who he should be able to light him up. What the hell are we doing with Cam Newton? Other side, a team we didn't expect to do well in Buffalo went out and put up some numbers there. So do they continue their role here against a pretty good Carolina defense? So two Jekyll and Hyde's chop. What, what are we doing with Carolina and Tampa Bay? Yeah, it's one of those games, if you can guess it right, then I guess that's going to be a, a go a long ways in you winning a tournament this week. Uh, there's games like that every week. This could turn into an offensive shootout just based on what we've seen this year, or this could turn into a real nasty slugfest where there's not a lot of fantasy points. So for me, I guess uh, Tampa Bay, I'm ready to go ahead and write them off as a bad defense. I was kind of holding out hope until they got healthier. You know, they were missing a ton of defensive starters there for a while, but as they keep coming back healthy, they keep on giving up points. So I guess I'm ready to write them off as a good defense. And Carolina, if, if Cam can't get it done here, then uh, he is Jekyll and Hyde, man. He is up and down. So I guess you could load up on Cam. And uh, I like Funchess this week a little bit over Benjamin. I think more people would flock to Benjamin. So it makes me sway toward this might be a Funchess week. McCaffrey's always in play on a PPR with his 10 receptions for 50 yards. That's what he does. So that's not bad for 6.2K. You could live with that. And for Tampa Bay... I'm, I'm I'm ready to fire them all up, man. I'll take Winston. I'll take Doug Martin, Mike Evans. I think they can all have a big game at home against against Carolina. I like the Funches call. He's been getting the more consistent targets, eight or more targets each of the last five games. Benjamins are, are kind of all over the place. So 
think Benjamin maybe gives you more touchdown upside, but Funchess been the more consistent option. So, Derek, your turn. A lot here. I think this is an intriguing game. Are you loading up here, or is it more of a stay away for you? Yeah, I really like this game. We have one team that can't run the ball in the Panthers, and then uh, the Bucks. they have a tough run matchup against uh, the Panthers. They're ranked fifth in run DVOA this season. So I think we could see both teams aired out here. Uh, as far as the Panthers go, I mean, their running backs are averaging 2.8 yards per carry, and they have yet to score a rushing touchdown. So I, I expect a lot of Cam Newton in this one. I like McCaffrey. He's on pace for 100 catches this season. Just PPR monster. Uh, he needs to find the end zone to really pay off that price, but I mean, he just has such a high floor that I think you can play him every week. Uh, I like Benjamin. I like Funches. Fine with either one of them. This uh, Pan- or Buccaneer secondary has just been really bad this season. Uh, Hargraves is uh, it sounds like they're moving him to the slot now because he's been so bad. And uh, yeah, I think you can just stack up that side of the ball for the Bucks. I like their passing game as well. You know, Jameis Winston doesn't seem like he's been playing that great uh, this season, but in four of the games, four of the five games when he's been healthy, he's had at least 320 passing yards. Uh, 6,100 is more than reasonable for him. Uh, Panthers haven't been great against wide receiver one, so I like uh, Mike Evans quite a bit. And then OJ Howard, I mean, he just broke out with that monster game. Last week, he ended up playing 69% of the snaps. Uh, do you have any interest there, or is that kind of chasing? Um, a little bit. I, I really like Mike Evans. I, I mean, the one O.J. Howard touchdown, he, he's running down the field by himself. Like, any of us probably would have scored on that one. So, I mean, that it's hard to, to give him those two touchdowns. He had them. We don't like to take things away, but I don't want to draw too much to that. But Evans, I think, is my guy here. Three touchdowns in the last four games, 17 or more fantasy points, three to the last four games. So, getting it done, getting a ton of looks, and this could turn out to be uh, both passing games. So, no interest for me, really, in O.J. Howard. Chop, what do you think? Big pedigree coming out of Alabama. Is, is it a fluke, or is this guy starting to turn it on? No, he's, it's, it, that's a, he's going to have those weeks, like once every four or five weeks or what have you. You know, that's just – I think we see the blueprint of what he's going to do. They're going to pepper Evans and everybody else, and then when everybody forget and Cameron Brait, and when everybody forgets about Howard – He's going to run up the sidelines for 50 yards. It's actually the same thing he did at Alabama. Never yeah, never caught passes like for like six or seven games, didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden you get a game and everybody forgets about him, and boom, two long touchdowns in a game. That's what he does. So I think he'll be a good GPP play moving forward. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the guy in any cash games at all, ever. All right. Just, it, I think people are going to go there. Just see, People that look at box scores, they see that number, they're going to go back to him. So – I think there's other ways we can go at tight end, but your point's viable. Going to have some big games. I don't know if he's going to do it two weeks in a row. All right, Chop, this game is very interesting just as a football fan. You get Deshaun Watson, who's been incredible, now gets a test. You know, going to Seattle, playing the Seattle defense. As a football fan, I want to watch this game as, as a DFS player. How much can we invest here in Deshaun Watson? I don't think he'll have any ownership. Does he continue his success here in Seattle? Is it a stay away? And the other side, same thing. Russell Wilson's look great. We know he turns it on late in the season. Houston defense missing key components. And Watt, Merciless, it's all about the quarterbacks here for me. DFS-wise, do you trust Deshaun Watson? Yeah, we're, this is this is a big, big game. I mean, I guess we're going we're gonna to find out a lot of answers to some of those questions. I know Deshaun's look great, but, man, I still, had, I still have question marks about some of the stuff and some of the competition he's done it against, so... I still go back to that very first game he he started against Cincinnati where he looked terrible except except for a long touchdown run. So I mean if he can do it at Seattle then yeah, I mean we can just go ahead and anoint him the next greatest thing I guess in fantasy because he's look he's looked fantastic but I wouldn't be surprised to see Seattle shut him down but at the same time they're coming off of a bye week so you I always favor those offenses coming off of a bye week. So it's going to be interesting like that. I don't DeAndre moves around so much, not going to have to worry about Richard Sherman if they don't want him to. And so uh, he'd be my preferred target with Watson if that's where I was going to go. Uh, wouldn't trust the running game in in this game against Seattle, so wouldn't do that. Wouldn't trust Seattle's running game against Houston because they're split carries. But I think Wilson to Baldwin is an elite connection this week. And just like last week against the Giants, I also wouldn't wouldn't doubt he takes some shots downfield to Tyler Lockett. And if he connects on one, 
you know, he's going to make your day. Now, the one guy that I don't want any part of is Jimmy Graham because I've had about enough of him. And I'm not – I mean, I mean, he's dropping touchdowns last week right and left. I, I, don't, want, I don't want any part of him anymore until that price tag drops to about $3,000. Yeah, and I had him in a lot of lineups watching him drop those touchdowns. So he, he finally got one, but could have been a huge day. And I'm with you. It's tough to really trust him right now, just not looking like the guy he was in New Orleans. So – He'll get his occasional touchdown, but you're, you're paying a big price on him. So uh, pretty much a pass for me right now as well. Derek, hit on these quarterbacks. I think they're interesting. They're right in that kind of mid-range where you know people may go up to the Brady's, Wentz's, Prescott's, go down to, say, the Josh McCowns of the world. You got Russell Wilson, you got Sean Watson right in that mid-range, 6,500, 6,400. So you trust Watson. And does Russell Wilson keep it going here against Houston? Give you an idea of how bad the rest of my lineup was last week. I got a 30-burger from Russell Wilson in my cash games and still didn't cash anywhere. Um, So we're going to (laughs) pour one out for your cash game lineups. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Graham, uh, luckily he got that touchdown because, I mean, he was just wide open on that one down the sideline. Would have gone for at least 40 yards. And, I mean, he just didn't even – not even close. Just right through his hands. Just yeah, he looked like he had bricks for him. Like how do you just clanks off his hands? Like how does yeah, that happen? I don't know, but I like this Seahawks offense at home. They can't run the ball, and uh, and the Texans are really good at defending tight ends. So I love Wilson and pairing him up with his receivers. I'm fine with Baldwin. I'm fine with Lockett. Uh, I'm not really sure what happened with Baldwin and uh, his offensive coordinator or whatever he was. Uh, did you guys see that on the sideline? Oh, yeah. And after that <laughs> happened, they, they tore it up. He was getting all the looks, all the touchdowns. So maybe a little squeaky narrative there as well. Yeah, squeaky maybe a little, a little threat will get you a couple extra targets. Uh, but for the for the Texans, I mean, they're getting a lot of respect from from the sports books. Only five and a half point underdogs. I thought that number would be higher. Uh, they are coming off the bye, but I just don't trust uh, rookie quarterback on the road in this situation. The best way to beat the Seahawks is on the ground, and uh, you know I don't really see Lamar Miller doing that. So Texans are a stay away from me, but I'll be loading up uh, on the Seahawks passing game. Yeah, it's an interesting game, no doubt. So let's move on. Highest total of the week here. We got Dallas. We got Washington. Derek, 51 uh, is the total as of now. So as I mentioned earlier, Dallas went into San Francisco, got it done, put up huge numbers. We know Zeke is in this game. Do we go back to the well on Zeke, on Dak? How does Washington respond at home as well? Coming off that loss in Philadelphia, home game in the division, pretty much a must win. Really like Kirk Cousins here. How does this game play out for you? Yeah, this should be a fun one for sure. Uh, Dak, no sex, Prescott uh, had the biggest fantasy outing of, of any quarterback last week. So, you know, I guess not having sex is working for him. Uh, certainly dedicated to his craft if he's not having sex. Uh, I got to yeah. kudos to him because i'm not dedicated <laughs> enough to any craft to, to go no sex yeah exactly uh so, so i like Dak here 7300 is a lot for me though um fine going back to zeke i mean he's just a beast and they're finally giving him the ball in the passing game a little bit um love des uh, especially if josh norman's out again and on the other side of the ball you know, Kirk Cousins is really good at home, typically struggles a little bit more on the road. He has a ton of receivers that he can throw to. We saw Jordan Reed. He looked good last week. Uh, he's lining up in the slot. I think he had 22 snaps in the slot last week. So he's back to being, uh, you know, a full-time guy. 4700 for him, way too cheap, especially against a defense that can't defend the tight end. I think he'll end up being one of the more popular plays, but, uh, you know, I like him quite a bit. Terrell Pryor, I'm not sure if he – you know, violated a team rule or something, but he only played one snap in the first half and then uh, 29 in the second half. But either way, you shouldn't be targeting him right now. Uh, Doxon's getting a lot more snaps. So is Crowder. Both of them are really cheap. I don't really trust them, but if you really need a cheap wide receiver, I'm certainly fine going there. And then this sets up as a perfect game for Chris Thompson. Uh, you know, he's out snapped Rob Kelly each of the last two weeks. Cowboys, one of the worst teams against the run and one of the worst teams defending running backs out of the backfield. So I love Thompson. Pretty much this whole Redskins offense. I think it's a blow spot for them. Yeah, uh, definitely a, a stackable game. So Chop, your Cowboys look good against San Francisco. Does it continue here against the Washington Redskins in Washington? Oh, yeah, easy, easy money line right here. Easy money on the money line. Take the Cowboys on the road. I mean – Here's uh, the I do I would say Dak Prescott good great play this week except for he's a hundred dollars more than Carson Wentz it's hard to justify that as as good as Dak's been do you 
I'd, I mean, I'd probably rather have Carson Wentz for a hundred dollars cheaper. So that's kind of where they got him on salary wise right now. That's a little hard to believe that he's already up there, but he's been good this year. So a little bit too high for me though. I think he has a decent game, especially if Norman, yeah, like, like Derek said, if Norman is out, then Des Bryant's a good play. If not, then you got to look elsewhere. Uh, and I think I'd look at Elliott again, probably going to be his last game before a suspension. So no need to hold him back here. You're going to feed him all you want. And he had two nice games against him as a rookie last year against Washington. Each game, he crept up around 100 yards, had three total touchdowns, and caught some passes out of the backfield on him. So I think Elliott's perfectly in play, even at that high price tag. Uh, so on Washington's side, it's Jordan Reed. I remember this game was Thanksgiving last year, and Jordan Reed busted up his shoulder and still caught 95 yards and two touchdowns on Dallas. So he has he has got a decent history against Dallas. So he, Notorious is right, man. They were They really started to kind of get back to him last week. That's I think that's a fine play, and uh, from the receiving core, I really want to I really want to push my chips in on Josh Dotson. He looked like he overtook Terrell Pryor now finally as the starting receiver there and going to get more snaps and targets. Just don't know if I can trust any of these guys. I think I would rather just trust Jordan Reed because it's the easier choice to make. Uh, but Terrell Pryor looks like he's out of here, man. Like he's I think he's on a one year cheap contract anyway. So it's not like it's not like they are committed to him for years down the road. I think they've had enough of him being so I just don't think he's a disciplined wide receiver. He doesn't know the craft enough, man. He only started picking it up last year. So I think they've had enough of it. They're trying to make the playoffs and it's gonna mean getting their best guys on the field right now. And I think that's Dotson. So I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Terrell Pryor at all, but that's kind of the way I see that game going. And he'll he'll still have ownership because of the name. You know, people know Terrell Pryor. He's a he's a freak athlete, so people want to make it work. And we want to make it work. But I agree with you. You know, Dotson's out there. You know, Crowder's not getting it done. But Jordan Reed, that's the connection. Kirk Cousins last season, they look great. I think we're going to see more of that. So love that call. Definitely one of my favorite tight end plays on the week. And love Zeke again. You know, this this Dallas offense looks great. So a lot of exposure for this game. If you don't have it. The currently winning is going to shrink up pretty quick on you uh, when this game starts off. So two more games. we got Sunday Night Football. This is an interesting game as well, guys. we got Steelers going into Detroit, Pittsburgh on the road. So we got to talk about that narrative. And then the Lions got to play without Golden Tate. Really like the spot for Marvin Jones, but Pittsburgh's defense been pretty good, Chop. So Marvin Jones, is he almost a must-play with those targets? Can you avoid him? And then what do you do with Pittsburgh on the road here in Detroit? Yeah, this is a good game for Sunday night. I would say I'll start off with Detroit. Uh, yeah, I think Stafford at home with a little bit of rest now is going to be fine. I, I wouldn't touch the running game, but yeah, I think you're right about the Marvin Jones. I mean, I just don't see how you get around it. I'd, I'd like to see if Galladay is healthy coming out of uh, the off week. So Galladay may be a guy you could save money on, but I, I think Marvin Jones is perfectly fine. And for Pittsburgh, I mean, what – you got to like everybody again, right? Except for Martavis. Uh, we've used up our poor one outs, but boy, you could definitely pour. I think you could pour one out for Martavis's Pittsburgh career, actually. So I think he's he's done. He's done. So Smith Schuster still not getting any respect on DraftKings. Been under 4K this whole season, only 4K this week. He's clearly the number two passing option on this team out after Antonio Brown. This game shapes up to be a shootout in a dome stadium. Man, I'd have I want all the Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster on that particular slate. I think I think they both tear it up on the turf. He's not getting any respect in life either. I read somebody stole his bike. Jeez, terrible. I mean, what's up with that, man? So there's a reward out if you if you know where Juju's bike is, you, you return that Martavis bad boy. Has it. So uh, I said so Martavis has it for sure. Yeah, that, yeah, he's holding the ransom because he, he's better than Juju. So, yeah, Martavis, I don't know what's going on there, but I agree. It could be definitely a poor one out uh, on his Steelers career. So, Derek, what do you got in this one? I think it's a very interesting game. Marvin Jones, like I said, 14 targets that last game. He's going to be a primary target for me. Uh, Steelers on the road here. What are you doing with them? Yeah, so when you play the Thursday to Monday slate and you fade that Thursday game like we talked about, uh, you want some exposure here. I love Le'Veon Bell. We talk about the workhorses like Zeke and uh, LaShawn McCoy, but, I mean, Le'Veon has 137 touches in his last four games. 
The next closest is Jordan Howard, and he has 97. So, I mean, he has 40 more touches than the next closest guy uh, in the entire NFL. Love him here. Always love him on the road. They tend to give him more work in the red zone. And, uh, yeah, the touchdowns are going to come. You know, he they made a lot of weird decisions on third and one, fourth and one last week. Don't expect that to be uh, the case again here. Uh, like Antonio Brown, he's going to see some Darius Slay, but, you know, he's a guy that's going to win pretty much any matchup. Love the Juju Smith-Schuster call. 4K is just way too cheap for him. On the other side of the ball, I mean, the Pittsburgh defense has been pretty good this year. They're good against the run. They're good against the pass. Uh, it doesn't sound like Tate's going to play, so if you want to fire up Marvin Jones as the wide receiver one, I'm fine with that. Definitely not touching Ebron. Uh, Galladay's still been banged up. So this is kind of an offense that you know seems like a good spot. I just don't know where to go. Maybe some more theoretic. Uh, TJ Jones, another name I think could be of interest here. So I think there's going to be a random Detroit guy, whether it's Galladay, Jones, Riddick, that, that comes out and has a big game here. Uh, and maybe a key to winning tournaments. So it sounds crazy, but uh, I really think one of those guys is going to have a big game. So as we go throughout the week, certainly a situation – that I'm keeping an eye on. Don't forget, Le'Veon Bell went to high school in Ohio, played at Michigan State. A little narrative coming back to Michigan. So, you know, he's going to be fired up, but always one of the top plays. And even at that elevated price, get him in some lineups against this Lions team. All right, guys, let's wrap it up here with the games. we got Monday Night Football, Derek Denver, Kansas City. Big game for both teams. Kansas City looked invincible. And come back down to earth a little bit here. Denver, what the hell are they doing? You know, they, they, now they're pouring one out for the day. I know we've poured one out for them about as much as we have for Martavis. This whole offense looks awful. So uh, any chance for them here uh, in Kansas City on Monday night? Oh, yeah. Uh, for the Broncos, I don't really know. It sounds like Emmanuel Sanders might return. If he does, that's certainly going to help. Uh, but this is a tough spot. Chiefs play great defense at home. The Broncos' offense has just looked terrible. C.J. Anderson hasn't been able to get anything going on the ground. Simeon, you know, can't really find any of his receivers. Uh, other than Derby, you know, Demaryius Thomas hasn't scored in 12 straight games. The only receiver that has a longer streak than that uh, is Robert Woods. So, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot to love here. Uh, you know, I'm fine going back to Thomas at low ownership, especially in that two-game slate that you're going to play, the primetime slate. I think his ownership will be lower just because he burned so many people last week. On the Chiefs side, uh, the Broncos have been really good against the run. You know, last year they were great against the pass, struggled against the run, but uh, they've really picked that up this season. Hunt is too cheap, though. 7500 for a workhorse. I'll always take volume over a matchup when it comes to a running back. Uh, I like him. And then I like Travis Kelsey. Uh, we know the Broncos have a great secondary, but they really struggled to defend the tight ends. Uh, 6800 more than reasonable for him. All right, Chop, wrap us up. Denver, Kansas City, what do you got? Uh, Yeah, Denver, I mean, they're, they're in a free fall, right? I mean, they're decent defense, but this offense is terrible with this quarterback. And uh, I, Demarius Thomas is a guy I would want to play, except for you look at his history, he hasn't done well. He didn't do good against this team last year in the two games. In general, last season, he only had two games over 100 yards all year long. He's only had one game this year over 100 yards, like – this is not a good quarterback, and it's it's bringing the whole offense down. So I don't know how much Denver I want on the road in a tough place like this. And Kansas City, yeah, I, think I, I agree. You could load up on Kareem Hunt. Still a reasonable price tag. I think they should be working with a lead. And uh, I think that's the way you want to go is, is just lock and load on Kareem Hunt on any short slate you're playing. Yeah, or the long slate. You know, people want to load up on the Thursday game, load up on the Monday game. It's your chance to use a guy like Kareem Hunt. So – as of now, my Thursday to Monday builds, Cream Hunt is in there, so I get that exposure to him. Hopefully other people play that Thursday game. But Denver looks terrible. I don't know what they're going to do. I've heard the words Brock Osweiler mentioned uh, with this team. So you know, Simeon's leash may be short, and they go to Osweiler, it may get worse before it gets better. So uh, we'll see what happens there. So let's move on. Let's, let's get our Faith Hills, our bold calls, and we'll wrap it up, keeping it under an hour here. Uh, quick to the point. So... Chop, Faith Hill, you guy you got faith in, whether you burned you last week, earlier in the season, whatever it may be, a guy that you're willing to go back to this week and moving forward. Yeah, this guy's pretty much burned me almost all year long. But I think I'm going to go ahead and give him another shot here, plant my flag this week, and lock in Alshon Jeffrey against San Francisco. 
Uh, if he can't get it going against this bad secondary, then uh, I don't have a whole lot of hope for Alshon this year. And so this is the prime spot for him to get fed some some targets here. I'm going to lock in Alshon this week. Yeah, and I saw him. Uh, we had a little draft matchup chop. I, I saw you creeping gun, up man. on me with some Alshon. Come on, Alshon. So you, you just give me nervous. a good game. <laughs> give me a good game, and I don't have to worry about qualifying for this dang thing. I got to go try to do another qualifier because of because of that terrible game. Yeah, you had, he, he definitely was one of my favorite plays in that game. So sweating that one a little bit, but I, I think that's a good one. You know, he, he's just had some tough matchups. So definitely an offense we can load up on this week in Philadelphia. Derek, Faith Hill for week eight. What Love do you got? Love Cole. I'm going to go with Julio Jones. Uh, been burning me all season. And last week finally had a big game, and he wasn't in the main slate on DraftKings. So, uh, you know, that was a little bitter on my end. Uh, but 8,400, definitely reasonable. He gets to face a, you know, burnable Jets secondary. Uh, they finally started feeding him some targets. They finally gave him a couple red zone looks. And, you know, good things happen when they do. So Julio Jones is going to be my Faith Hill. Love it. Love it. That late touchdown saved me some money in, in some cash games. So uh, I'm going to stay strong with Julio as well. Probably the only guy in that game, uh, as far as the Atlanta side, that I'm interested in uh, early on. I'm going to go with off the board. Cheap running back. The guy is phenomenal. He never seems to be on the field enough. I'm going to keep the faith, guys, with Tariq Cohen. I mean, this guy's too good to not play. You get him the ball, you get the ball in his hands, good things happen. I don't know why John Fox can't see that, but... This week in New Orleans, they may not have a choice but to get this guy involved. So I think a lot of people have been burned by him. Love the talent. Love the price. 4600 Love this matchup against New Orleans. So Tariq Cohen, my Faith Hill play for week eight. All right, bold call time, and then we will wrap it up here for the week eight DFS OGs pod. Derek, let's start with you. You got a bold call for week eight, and don't mentioned the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, my bowl calls have been terrible. My third and wrong is my bowl calls all season. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I think I've had Crowell, I've had Kaiser, I've had Hogan. I don't I don't know why I picked the Browns there. Yeah, too, too much Browns. So let's stay away from Cleveland. Right. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Carolina Panthers and Buccaneers. They combined to score over 55 points, uh, which is 10 more than the over-under. And Cam Newton and Jameis Winston uh, both throw for over 300 yards. Oh, I like it. I like it. Potential shootout there. All right, Chop, old call. I know you're always ready with something. What do you got? Oh, he kind of he stole a little bit of what I, I'm kind of almost going opposite of him here. My bold call is that Doug Martin, if things work out right in this in this game script, Doug Martin becomes a top five running back this week. It is contingent on Luke Keekly being out again with a concussion, but Doug Martin has gone, seen his carries rise each week. He's been in there for since he's been healthy for the last three weeks, up to 20 carries last week. Keekly being out makes this defense extremely susceptible to the run. Doug Martin, I think, is primed to finally have a breakout game. So I like I like Doug Martin in that game if things work out right for him. All right, so game stack. That's what you guys are saying in that one. My bold call, I think the Chargers go into New England and win this game on the right arm of Phillip Rivers. I think he goes for 350-plus, three touchdowns in this game. Phillip Rivers finishes as a top-three quarterback, and the Chargers go in and beat the Patriots. So that will wrap us up for Week 8, guys. Any final thoughts here? It's a, it's a smaller slate. you know, you got a, an interesting longer slate here if you're playing the full week, but – any final thoughts on the week or, or whatever the hell you want to discuss before we get out of here for week yeah, eight? Season's almost uh, halfway over. So, uh, you know, enjoy fantasy football while you have it. Uh, even if you're tilting some of your lineups, uh, you know, Sundays are the best. So, yeah, just keep at it. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some big weeks eventually. Damn, Derek, I'm going to have to pour one out for that. Halfway through the season is a depressing thought. It, it, you wait all season long, it comes and it goes so quick. So, Enjoy it. Like you said, chop, final thoughts, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, there's just a tendency to to want to, like, complain about the uh, schedule here and all the bye weeks, but just, just, you know, think about the fact that between these next couple of weeks, getting the byes out of the way, for the rest of the season, we're going to have some very nice main slates with limited teams off. So enjoy this week, and don't don't get too caught up in all the byes and, and the shorter slate. It'll, it'll get back to normal here pretty soon. 
It is what it is. You know, this is what we got to work with. So we know the middle of the season, a lot of bye weeks. So still got nine games on that main slate. If you don't like that, play the Thursday through Monday. You get 13 games. But all right, that'll do it here. Again, I'm going to echo these guys' thoughts. Have fun. Enjoy the season. I know, I, man, I hate to cut you off right there. Man. Hey, that's all right, man. You got some I got important. some late-breaking news here on Twitter that I find hilarious at 934 on a, on a Tuesday night. NBA is back because Anthony Davis is questionable <laughs> to return Tuesday after 20 uh, minutes of game time. Oh, this is, this is the <laughs> – NBA is back, baby. I love it. <laughs> So, so Twitter is going to be on full-on Anthony Davis tilt, Jimmy Butler tilt, uh, DraftKings not having the Sunday night game tilt. Uh, Twitter is going to be a, a blaze here uh, tonight and tomorrow. So, oh, NBA, welcome back. So, all right, we're going to get out of here, guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in. You guys got any questions, hit me up. Hit us up in the comment section. Hit us on Twitter, uh, at HeadChopper, at RG underscore Notorious, at BeermakersFan. For my boys, Chop. Noto, I am beer. Again, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you right back here talking everything week nine. Good luck, guys.